Hello, everyone. You are listening to the Define University podcast, a space designed for educators to ignite your passion, transform your mindset, and learn to love who you are in the process. My name is Lindsay Titus, and I am here to share simple yet strategic steps each week with you to build your momentum into creating a life full of purpose and passion. The time is now. Let's dive on in to today's episode. Welcome back, everyone, to another brand new episode of the Define University podcast and another episode in the Share Your Story series. For today, I am so excited as we are taking a little twist, a little turn, and we are bringing somebody new to the podcast that I am so excited. Um, His name is John Abrams, and he goes by, he's a school assembly entertainer. So Define New Listeners, get ready. This is going to be an amazing episode. I am so excited. John, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much, Lindsay. How are you? I am doing so good. It is Friday afternoon. I am I am ready to dive into this episode. It's Like I said, it's a little twist, a little turn, something a little different. And I'm not going to lie, I'm so excited for it. So <laughs> I'm I, ready to, you know, I'm ready to. I, I, wait, wait, I have to stop you there real quick. Uh, before the podcast today, before the interview today, I was listening to a bunch of your interviews. And you are so inspiring. I just love all of your podcasts and your interviews. So I have to say that at the very beginning here, that you're very, very inspiring. And I appreciate that. Oh, thank you so much. I so appreciate that. And I I think what I love so much about diving into today's episode is my, so I pick a word for every year and my word for 2021 is evolve. And I wanted to evolve this year and I cannot think of a better way to kind of not necessarily like shift the podcast, but just expand it, right? And bring in people that we may not say like educator as like the top piece, but in reading and looking at your website, I'm like, uh, yes, like I am so excited to talk about engagement and all the things that you do. But before we do that, John, will you give everybody just a little bio, a little who you are, what you do, all of that good stuff? Sure, sure. Who I am hasn't changed, but what I do has changed dramatically. <laughs> like a lot of us, I imagine. Uh, who I I am. Um, I have, my name's John Abrams, of course. I have two daughters. One's 22 and one's 20, gonna be 28 soon, I think. I live alone with my blind dog, Bitterman Jones. He has dogabetes, I call it. Uh, a lot of people can say diabetes, I call it dogabetes because, of course, he's a dog. Uh, and we have a great time together. Uh, as far as career goes, uh, before this COVID-19 thing hit, I was doing tons of school assemblies, uh, about 400 a year, dealing with bully prevention, character, uh, all sorts of things like that, uh, and having a great time, uh, ages K through sixth, so elementary schools. So that's basically me. In a awesome. Awesome. And so you, you mentioned, right, before COVID. Yeah. So then now we have March happens. And what, where did that leave you? Like, what did Uh, that, what did that do? Well, here's what happened on March. I don't know what, what was it? 10th or 12th? I know the 13th was Friday the 13th, right? (laughs) Sure Uh, was. (laughs) 12th, I was out to sushi with a friend and was having a great time. We looked around the restaurant and it was about half full. And it was a restaurant that normally you have a tough time getting reservations at. And so it was half full. And I looked behind the, uh, the, the sushi counter and, uh, all the sushi chefs were there. All the wait staff was there. And it was about half full. My friend and I were there. 
It was about half full. I go home afterwards and there's about 10 emails canceling shows. Now I, had, I hadn't had a show cancel. I had two shows can in the 25 years I've been doing this. I've had two shows cancel and those were both from California fire. Uh, so I thought, wow, something must really be going on. <laughs> you know, we had heard rumblings of this COVID-19 thing, but we didn't know how serious it was. So over the, over the next two or three days, I had 60 or 70 cancellations from schools, libraries, that type of thing, because all the schools almost closed, closed almost immediately. In fact, I have a friend who does school assemblies like I do, and he finished one school assembly in the morning. He had another, uh, another one scheduled for later that morning, and the principal came right up to him after the first assembly and said, oh, we can't do the second school assembly because... Uh, we have to clear out the school. It's time. Uh, it's so, it is so, still so crazy how quickly things happened. And I know back in March, I was traveling. I had done two full day workshops, um, one in uh, Rhode Island, one in New Hampshire. Mm -hmm. And I was, I was doing a presentation. I was doing a full day training on Friday the 13th. And right around one o'clock, it's all about behavior and challenging behavior and all this stuff. And right around one o'clock, everybody started to get a little distracted and everybody yeah. was kind of looking at their phones and some more computers coming out. And I was like, something's going on. And so at, at the break, I went around, I was asking people and they all were like, we just got the email. We are closed. And I was like, Oh my gosh. And here you are with me. Like you weren't even able to be. And, and I checked mine and I had that same email, you know, saying starting Monday, we are home. And I just think it was so crazy. But I think so much positive has come out of it. I think a lot of growth, you know, not downplaying any of the challenges that have happened uh, these last nine, 10 months. But I think so much growth and resilience has come from staff, from students, um, and really having to to change, right? And really, again, back yeah. to evolve, really evolve into different things. And what the, what has that done for you? Like evolving yeah. as an entertainer, what does that look like? The thing about the, the COVID-19 thing is the first month, you know, I just laid in bed like the rest of us entertainers, hoping it would go away and depressed and, and sad, going from doing, getting up every morning and going and doing school assemblies and entertaining and having fun and getting that adrenaline rush with with all the, you know, 300 kids at a time, yelling and screaming, and having a good time to nothing. So uh, after a few months of sitting around, I kind of realized exactly what you're saying. Um, this is the time to change. I'd been tossing around teaching magic and I'd been tossing around speaking and I'd toss, been tossing around a bunch of different things, but was so busy that I simply didn't get around to starting it. That's it. So when COVID-19 hit, I had a little extra time on my hands. <laughs> so I've now put together uh, three different virtual assemblies, school assemblies that schools can do virtually. I put together an entire speaking talk that uh, talks about how to keep kids engaged online. Um, I've put together, uh, oh, well, I've joined a group that is teaching magic to kids that teaches respect and respect responsibility and, and creativity and all sorts of different things that I was teaching before, but this is a little bit different format. So uh, to answer your question, this COVID-19 thing, yes, it was horrible at the time, but now it's given me time to regroup and change the things that I'm doing and uh, do a lot of the things that I've been thinking about for years. I love it. One of the things that I, I recently heard from a coach of mine is that, you know, challenges, the whole, the whole purpose of challenges are, um, I believe, to find meaning. That's, that's how I look at life. And she phrased it in a way that said, you know, challenges are, are presented 
gifted to us to help us find clarity. And I hadn't ever really thought of it that way. And I was like, but that really is what this last 10 months, like I got personally, I got so clear on my business. I got so clear on who I am as an educator. I got so clear on, you know, X, Y, and Z all because of this challenge that was faced you know, that we were faced with. And it sounds like you did a very similar thing. That's absolutely true. You know, I'd heard that expression too, many, many, many times and never thought anything about it. I thought, oh, okay, yeah, I'll get around to doing some things. Yes, obstacles are obstacles. I'll get past them. But uh, until until COVID-19 thing hit, I didn't understand what a real obstacle was. And uh, uh, since that hit, I've certainly been able to, hopefully, ho- hopefully, uh, we'll see in the, in the months to come how successful uh, the transitions are. Uh, but right now, so far, so good. Awesome. Yeah, it really does come down to that, you know, we can, I, I am a full believer in mindset, you know, mindset, language, and action are, are what I anchor to every day. And I believe if we're looking for challenges, we're going to find them. They're going to be front and center. If we are looking at challenges as opportunities to grow, well, then we're going to grow. And that's how I choose to look at, to look at anything is that it's an opportunity to grow in some way, shape or form. And I know for me, I was always, as a kid, I was always stuck in my own way. I never, um, you know, I very much fell into that like fixed mindset. If I wasn't born with it, I'm not going to have it. And I, I love, you know, what you are doing in this incorporating social emotional learning and these, these social kind of soft skills that we all know are essential skills, um, into something engaging such as magic something that is like out there which is which is really new to me um so i would love just just maybe if you have a story or some way that you really do this combination of like taking a kid's interest but tying in that social emotional learning piece yeah with with the school assemblies i guess that's that's probably the best example i do a school assembly i actually i used to do one called the bully game and now i do a different one called power words uh, online and what a lot of educational entertainers will do is they'll take the magic and then try to force some sort of a magic trick into some sort of concept, some sort of bully prevention concept or character concept. Uh, So my idea is instead of doing that, do it the opposite. Figure out the concept that you want to convey and then be able to convey it with a magic trick. For example, uh, one of the concepts that I teach the kids is the difference between tattling and telling because we teach kids, we tell kids, don't tattle, don't tattle. You know, they tell on their brother or sister and don't tattle, don't tattle, don't tattle. But then when something really happens, we say, well, why didn't you tell me? And, and a kid is confused. They're, they're like, well, you, you told me not to tattle. Now you're telling me to tell and, and I don't know the difference. So what I teach in, in my assembly is the difference between tattling and telling is tattling is when you're telling on somebody uh, um, to, to, to hurt them you know, um, um, to get them in trouble. Whereas telling, you tell your parents or your teacher, whoever it is, uh, to get them out of trouble, to get somebody out of trouble. And the way I represent that is I'll have a couple of teachers uh, lock my hands into chains like handcuffs and talk about how, how you know, you're, you're trapped when you're, when you're tattling and, and, and then I escape really quickly, uh, really fun, in a fun way and talk about, telling how telling you know you escape and you do it you get the idea (laughs) so so we compare we 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 contrast the magic trick 
to the concept. And so that way, hopefully the teachers will, will be able to say, okay, remember when he was talking about tattling and telling and he was chained up, remember, remember that? And that gives them a good visual in their head for it, as opposed to just a talking head telling them something. And it's I a think much, much easier way to remember it. Right. And I think that's so, so important. I think when you think of student engagement, when we can have the different senses, when we can have the visual paired with the auditory and the movement paired with this, you know, it really, and, and it almost keeps them guessing, right? It keeps the student, you know, what's going to happen next? Like I always talk about incorporating an element of surprise. And I always have to counteract that with not the element of surprise, like pop quiz, here we go, yeah. you know, or we're going to change everything, not those surprises, but that element of like randomly having music come on, right? Or, sure. you know, if you're doing a slideshow, like having embedding their interest in it, or exactly like you said, like kids, those kids have probably learned about tattling and telling before, but not in that way, not in that way of now a teacher, all she's probably has to do is say, hey, remember this? And they're going to say, oh, yeah. Yeah. Right. It's that it's made that connection, which I think is is amazing. Um, exactly. In fact, um, I have a free report for anybody listening that wants to get it on my website that has five. Actually, now it's six different ways of engaging your kids online. Uh, you can go to my website at www.schoolofastonishment.com and get that absolutely for free. And in fact, what I say it's six now because every time I hear a new one, someone will actually email me a new one. I'll be like, oh, that's a good idea. I think I'll put that on the report. So I'm putting all those together for you guys, for everybody, for me too. Oh, that is amazing. And I will, I will definitely have those in the show notes because I think, you know, one thing that, you know, I think is so important is just to have options, right? Is to have these areas we can go have a list, have that, that ability to say, I've tried this. I haven't tried that. You know, and I think I, I love that. And so I will make sure to um, to highlight that in the show notes for. Oh, for thanks. In fact, one of one of the things is just what you just brought up. Um, I was teaching a magic class uh, maybe four or five weeks ago, and there was one kid in the class who always fell behind. No matter what would happen, I'd have a bunch of kids, and I'd go step by step on this magic trick. And then when I get to the fourth or fifth step, that one kid would say, "Oh, could you start over?" <laughs> uh, well, if I start over, you know, then I'm hanging up the rest of the kids. So I didn't know what to do. So I belong to a group that has about now, I think it's about 70 other um, magicians and other magic teachers on this Facebook group. And so I typed in the question, Hey, here's what I have. I have this student that I, I typed in my problem. And I, in about in a couple of hours, I had about five different uh, solutions to that problem. And, and I will warn you, some people will post just to hear their own voices. <laughs> I mean, some, yeah, some of, you, have to, you have to take some of those with a grain of salt. But there was a good solution. I ended up using this person's solution and it's turned out great. I've taught this one kid for the last uh, four or five weeks with no problem. He's kept right up with the, with the crowd and, and it's been terrific. So that, that's one of the solutions certainly is ask other people. Because other people have gone through what you've gone through. Absolutely. I think reaching out to your community is something that I know we've mentioned on the podcast a lot. And it's something that, again, I think it's one of those silver linings that's come out of this time. Um, I am more connected with educators um, and, and just other people because because uh, I had the time. I had the time and I'd be home and I'm like, man, who do I talk to? I need somebody to talk to. I need, you know, people. And it is, it's as simple as putting a question out there. Yeah. And, and I think you bring up a really good point. You know, we ask for advice. We ask for recommendations. We put 
problems out there. We don't have to choose every response we get. And I think, you know, we, we see that a lot, or at least I see that with educators. They'll read the book and say, well, I have to do it to a T. And I'm like, but do you really? Right? Is that really going to work? And, and I, I talk about it that you're always consuming knowledge, you're always consuming information, but it's really then taking that information and creating your own meaning, make it work for you, right? So you put the question out there, other people are answering, but you know, the student, you know, the kid, so you're able to say, I also know my own personality. And I know how I go about teaching something, which may be very different from the other, uh, those, those things that they wrote, they may or may not work, they may work for them. But, but they may not work for me. Right. But it's not, you know, I think it's so important to, to hear it all, right? Remain open to it all because what doesn't work for this situation, you might have another student down the road where you're like, ooh, I think that might work now. Right. Or like you said, sometimes you're just like, thanks for, thanks, but no thanks, kind of a, <laughs> and it's okay. It is okay to not take the advice that people give you. And I tell that a lot to the educators I coach, even if it's from people that are quote unquote, you know, more famous or more successful than right. you, you still don't have to do it their way. Because if you do, you're following them, not doing your own thing. And I think that's what, you know, we, we really can anchor into is who we are. It's, that's what, you know, define you is all about. And I love that, you know, you even, you know, hit on that as, you know, put it out there, but then monitor what you're, what you're allowing to kind of come back into you, right? Your Absolutely. Making. Absolutely. And probably the worst thing to do is certainly take somebody's advice and then, then do it. And the result isn't the result you're looking for. Right. Absolutely. Then that's a problem. Yeah. Then you need to re, re, reassess what you're doing. Yeah, Absolutely. You know, I think we, you know, we live in a fast, such a fast paced world, right? We live in a world where we want answers now. We want it yesterday. We, we get mad when our shipments are delayed, you know, all those things. And I think it is okay to know. And I think this is so important to teach kids too. It is okay when things don't go as we plan, right? When we've got to come up with plan B, C, D, all the way to Z, because things will happen that, that we can't control. I can't control the result. I can control what I put into it. And so I'm just, as I'm talking about this, I'm wondering, like, does that ever come up in your shows or if something doesn't go right? Like, do you have those conversations with kids? Absolutely. In fact, the number, number two trait that we teach is be prepared and be prepared. Doesn't mean know the magic trick. Yes. You have to know the magic trick, but you also have to, just like you're saying, have to have a, have a B out, a C out, a D out because everything does not always go as planned. (laughs) So when something doesn't go right, you certainly need to have a plan B. And here's a little inside information. Most of the time, the audience doesn't know the end of the trick. So if you have a, a B ending of a trick that isn't quite as good as the A ending, well, the audience doesn't know that. <laughs> so if you give them the B ending, they're like, wow, hey, that's fantastic. <laughs> yeah, I'm so glad you brought that up, actually, because I was just talking to a colleague about that. Um, so I, we, I put out a newsletter every month for, for my staff at work. And the first few that I put out there, they, they took me forever. They took me so, because I wanted them to be perfect, right? This is going to my whole district. I wanted, I wanted to make sure it was exactly perfect. And then I had to remind myself, it, it's, it's perfect in the moment. Like nothing is perfect in terms of a future perfect piece. And, and I was talking with her and I said, why? Because we were writing it together. I'm like, why are we beating ourselves up about this? Like they don't know 
right. what, what we've put out until we, you know, put it out, you know, so to speak. And so if it's one less paragraph or if it doesn't have that section that we took off, they don't know that. That's right. <laughs> we can use that for another newsletter. Like it's not to say we're not, but I'm like, let's, let's just put out what, what we can, because like you're saying, the audience doesn't usually know, right. you know, what it is that. That's- There's a little bit of psychology on that. I, I do a podcast where I, um, I interview famous entertainers. So through this podcast, I myself have, have a little bit of a name and, and what I put out, whether it's great or not, because I have this reputation now and you're the same and teachers are the same because the kids look up to the teachers, the teachers automatically have authority. The, 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 the person talking automatically has authority. The person writing that blog automatically has authority. So when you write something, people have more of a tendency to believe it or at least consider it because it's coming from you. Yeah, yeah, so important. Oh my goodness. All right, so I, one of the things I, I feel like, I don't, I'm gonna say have to, although I don't really don't love that term. Um, I guess I choose to, I choose to talk about on all of these episodes is our mission, our purpose, like who we are, why it is we do what we do. And so, you know, I'm just curious, kind of what is your mission as an, as an entertainer, as, a, as an educational entertainer? What's your mission when you go to schools or you work virtually? Sure, um, you know, what's funny about that question is that when I was young, I really didn't want to have anything to do with kids, period. <laughs> it's true. And then I had my own and I fell in love with my little miracle of a daughter. I actually have two daughters. So I fell in love with the first one. And at the time I was working for a magician doing, um, doing corporate events. So it was mainly adults. Uh, and I, I did that for about five years and my daughter started getting, getting older. And then I started doing it myself. I said, well, I can do this myself. And I started doing birthday parties and started, started relate, relating to kids and, 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 and relating to my own kid. And, and, Then I had a second child and at the time I was doing maybe six or eight birthday parties a weekend and I was away from my own kids every single weekend, all that quality time. So I said, well, how can I, how can I change my career to spend more time with my two kids? And so I thought to myself, well, school assemblies. And at the time I I, I still am not uh, uh, educating a lot of kids. I'm, I'm still not uh, given, you know, um, uh, producing good character traits. And I'm not, I'm not teaching all of those things yet. So I would go from school to school. I was still doing some schools with my animal magic show. I would do magic with live animals for birthday parties. I was, I was being hired by some schools. So I'd go from school to school and ask, what are the problems that I can solve? What are the things that I can go into your school and help with? And at the time, this was maybe 2007 or so, uh, the answer was bullying, 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 bullying. So I thought to myself, well, okay, that would be a, a great show to put together and open. And I found out at the time I was one of only three people in Southern California that had bully prevention shows. So I got all the books and I read all the materials. And by that time, my kids were getting a little bit older. So I started thinking about what they'd been going through. One, one of my daughters, we call her the super brain. She never had a B in her life all the way from you know first grade all the way through college. She graduated number one in her class in college. Uh, and then the second one is very artistic. She's the super artist. So I went through very different things with both of them. So I reviewed that. I looked at all the videos, videotapes at the time. I looked at all the videos, read all the books, and I put together a show called The Bully Game that teaches bully prevention. Uh, And once I started doing that, I started seeing hundreds and hundreds and thousands 
of kids over and over coming to me after the assembly, telling me their stories. I started relating to them. And, and, and that was a big payoff for me because I was excited about what I was saying to them that it was actually getting through to them. In fact, uh, here's a story for you. I did, um, I did a bully prevention show at, at a school. And then the following year, I did a different bully prevention show. And that little kid came up to me, maybe second grade or third grade girl. And she, she ran up to me and she says, she says, oh, see that kid over there? See that kid over there? And I said, yeah. And, and, and she says, oh, he was, she was, she was gothicking. She was gothicking. And I'm like, she was what? And she was, she was gothicking. She was gothicking. And I said, oh, oh, oh you mean gossiping. <laughs> and although she didn't get the word right, she had the concept and the idea. And, and she was telling me, she wasn't tattling. She was telling me that this kid over here was gothicking, was gossiping about another kid and hurting another kid. So, so I thought to myself, oh, hey, I'm getting through. <laughs> and that was a big, huge payoff. So to answer your, your original question, what is my mission? Since I started that, and now I've been doing it for a lot of years, um, my mission is to change the youth of America and anywhere I go. And in fact, this COVID thing is kind of cool because as strange as that sounds, um, before I was only doing shows in Southern California and now I can affect people with my assemblies throughout the entire United States and any English speaking country. We're talking about New Zealand, England, um, Australia, uh, and all over the United States. So I've kind of switched from being bummed out about it to being excited about it. Yeah. So does that answer your question? It absolutely does. Yes. And I love, I love the story. I love <laughs> one. I love when kids make connections. Um, you know, when you can see, literally see the light bulb go off and they're like, that's it. Right. Yeah. And then when they add their like cute, like the, like the kid talk, you know, and just yeah. their way of describing it. Um, I, I love it. <laughs> I have a, I'm a six and a half year old at home and, Oh. I always joke because she's not six. She's six and a half. Like you cannot That's forget. Right. Very important right now. You cannot forget that half. And, you know, I just love, I love seeing the light bulb moments go off for her. And, you know, as a mom, I've had to step back and really be intentional about not, not wanting to solve all of her problems, but, yeah. really, you know, just opening it and she'll have a problem. And I'll say, I'm not sure. What do you think? And we'll talk about it. I guide her. I help her. But when she can solve that, it is the most like genuine ownership that, that, that you know, personal accountability. And I just think it's so important. Um, but it's I think that's how they, I think that's how they remember it the best. Yeah. Uh, when they do it themselves, uh, when when that kid found out that that kid over there right. was gossiping, she's going to remember that for the rest of her life, no matter what anybody says. Right. Absolutely. Because she thought of it herself. Yep. And another thing that you that you brought up again, it's with this, you know, again, this mindset shift is, you know, what are we focusing on, right? So with with the change and going from in person assemblies to now virtual, right? Do we focus on well, I can't do those anymore, or do we focus on look at this expansion that now I get to reach people across the world that I couldn't before. Right. And so, and it's not, I think it's really important. Um, and hopefully, you know, my listeners have heard this before. It's not an, or, right. It's not as easy to say one, you know, this or that, right. It's an, and it gets to be both. Like you can be sad, not doing in-person shows anymore. Like right now, like that can be, cause that was, that was what you were. Like I say that to teachers all the time. Like you get, if you're a remote teacher, you, it's okay to miss your kids. It's okay to miss being an in-person teacher, but it's where are you putting your focus? Where are you focusing? Are you focusing that the location makes you the teacher 
or are you focusing that you make yourself the teacher in any location? And I just, I think it's so important to keep that mindset front and center, no matter what role we're serving. Absolutely. And, and uh, with the new virtual world, we have to figure out the best way to teach in this, this box area. You know, the area that you're looking in your computer, that the kids are looking in the computer. Uh, it isn't worse than a live classroom. It's different than a live classroom because there, as a magician, there are tons Tons of things I can do online that I couldn't do live and vice versa. So as a teacher, there's a lot of things that you can do online that you could never do in a classroom. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. And engaging, engaging the kids online. Yeah. It's difficult just because we are, we're not used to it. You know, we have hundreds of years of experience teaching in a classroom. We have, what is it now? Seven months <laughs> of experience teaching online. So right. we need to learn all the things that we can as fast as we can, mm -hmm. uh, to teach online. Absolutely. And I think that's where, you know, grace comes into play, but just not forgetting who we are, right? Not forgetting that we've, we've gone through challenges before, maybe not to this extent, maybe to not to this degree, but we've changed. We've, we've, you know, gone on the fly and we've done things. And that's one of my biggest um, pieces is to trust in who you are, right? Who you are is who you are. That doesn't change um, you know, automatically, like you can change it if you choose to, but you know, it doesn't, it doesn't just go away because your teaching modality went from, you know, in face to, to virtual or hybrid or whatever it is. Does it, is it different? Absolutely. hundred percent. But does it, does it take away any less impact or influence you can have over your, over your students? I don't believe it does. Yeah. And in fact, when, when this whole thing happened, I think a lot of us thought, well, we'll, we'll we, we just won't do entertainment for a while and we won't, won't do this. But guess what? School continues. Mm -hmm. Kids need to be taught. Mm -hmm. So we need to figure out the best way that we can do that for their sake. Absolutely. For everybody's sake. Yeah. And we keep hearing the one thing we need right now are those social emotional learning skills, right? right? And so I think anyway, and, and students get bored with it too. They get bored with the, the traditional lessons they get, they get bored. I mean, I see it, you know, you come in with the, with the book and the activity and you get the eye rolls and you get the, oh man, this again. Oh, yeah. And so it's always my goal to try, if I'm doing a lesson like that, like to bring in something exciting, to do something different. And I think, you know, that's where I love, I love what you're doing because you're, you're doing that each time, right? You're doing something different. You're asking, what do you need? Like, what does this school need? What problem can I solve? And I just think that's so important. Instead of saying, here's what I do and I'm going to do that for you. It's what do you need? And I'm going to make that happen. And I just love that. Yeah, Thank absolutely. You. I love doing it. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, you are a magician and yes. I, so listeners, this is going to be, this is going to be interesting. So we, again, I told you, this is the year of evolving evolution. We're going to do, we're going to do something I've never done before um, here on the podcast and we're going to do a magic check, right, John? Yay. Sounds <laughs> like fun. All right, let's do it. All right. Do you have, uh, I sent you something, right? You did. I have the box right here. Okay. Now explain to your listeners what that is. All right. So listeners, this is a, it's a priority mailbox. Um, the medium flat rate box. It's got a couple stickers. Do not open until the interview. So. And it's, it's sealed. So it you and I, you and I have not met beforehand saying, Hey, this is what we're going to do. And, and all of that kind of jazz, right? Yeah, nope. It is. It is sealed to go. Um, yeah, it's been sitting in my office. So okay, perfect. <laughs> right, here's what we're going to do. I want you to get a piece of paper and a pencil. All right, I got it. 
Okay, and I would like you to start by writing down any three-digit number, like, you know, 721 or 853 or whatever, just any, any number out of your head. Got it. You have that number. Yes. All right, now to make this even more random, what I want you to do is I want you to take that number and reverse it. For example, if it was 321, it is now 123. So now you have two numbers. Got so it. So you have two, two numbers written down, right? Yes. All right, there is a larger number and a smaller number. Yep. Right? I want you to take the larger number and subtract out the smaller number. And now you have some sort of a sum. Yes. And that sum is a three-digit number, right? Yep. Wow, I'm amazing. <laughs> <laughs> no, that isn't it. <laughs> All right, now we're gonna make this even more random. You're gonna take that sum and I want you to reverse that sum. Go ahead and reverse that sum. So once again, if it's one, two, three, it's now three, two, one. Got it. And then you have two more numbers. You have the sum and another number. I'd like you to um, go ahead and add those two together. All right. Got it? Got it. And now there is some final sum. Yep. That I don't know what it is because you haven't shown me. I haven't seen it. Perfect. <laughs> Open the box. And while you're opening the box, explain exactly what, what you're doing and what you're seeing. Oh, my goodness. All right. So you guys have opened these before. Holy moly. There is no joke. <laughs> Good thing I'm strong. All right, so we got some, I don't know what this is. The air protector. Yes. We got a book. Okay, and what is that book? This book is, oh man, Stephen King, It, and inside the book is a piece of paper. Ah. Should I take is there out? Anything else in, is there anything else in that box? Um, there is a oh, yeah. packet. There is a little packet in there from Discover Magic. That's the magic uh, group that I am with. Uh, and that is a magic trick that you can do for your kids. Awesome, I'm excited. Oh, good, go ahead and put that aside. Um, but that is, that's what's in the box. Okay, perfect. Take the, the book. I believe that is it, right? Yep, this is it. And inside the book, there is something? Yes. What is that? Uh, there is a white envelope sealed that has the word prediction on it. Excellent. Now, what I'd like you to do is I'd like you to go ahead and open up the book to the page number that you calculated to. So whatever the sum is, after all of our calculations, I want you to open up to that page number. Okay. Are you open to that page number? Um, yes. Excellent, excellent. Now you'll notice, I think Stephen King, he, he writes a lot of words, right? That's, that's, that, that book is, is like over a thousand pages, right? Yes, this book is huge. <laughs> it's gigantic. Uh, and on the page you're open to, he, he, it's, it's probably a big block of writing, right? Yep. Because he has a bunch of, uh, what I want you to do, you'll notice there are four corners in that block. One, two, three, four. Yep. Upper, right, and left, and bottom, right, and left. I want you to go ahead and choose two of those corners. Doesn't matter which one. Say upper, right, left, bottom, right, left, whichever. Okay. Now, go ahead and tell me which one it is. Okay, so um, upper, right, and lower, right. Upper, right, and lower, right. Okay, I'm going to take away the bottom Right. Now I'm going to choose two. Okay. Upper left and oh, bottom right. Okay, go ahead and take away one of those. Um, let's take away upper left. Upper left. Okay, that only leaves two, right? The yep. bottom, is that bottom right, upper right? Bottom left and upper right. Okay, so are those the two you pick? Yes. Perfect. Let's, let's eliminate the bottom left. So that leaves us with the upper right-hand corner of that page. Yep. There is a word in that upper right-hand corner of that page. Uh, for the first time, say out loud what that word is. Upper right-hand corner. I think it's maybe in the middle of a sentence or front or back of the sentence. I'm not sure. The, Do you understand what you're saying? The word that's in the corner, spur. Spur. Is that what you said? Yes. 
Spur, spell that for me. S-P-U-R. Okay, now let's review what we've done so far. You picked a random number. We, re we reversed that random number, did some addition, some subtraction, came up with a sum, to turn that page. Um, we picked a random corner and the word in that random corner was spur. Is that right? Yes. Perfect. Open up the prediction. And you can tell your audience what you're doing, by the way. Okay, so I, you guys, I don't think you can hear that. So I just opened the um, envelope and the word is spur. <laughs> what is the word? Spur. <laughs> what? That is crazy. That's a little magic trick for you. Holy moly. All right, listeners, I got to tell you. So if you haven't ever seen this book, because I hadn't, holy smokes. I mean, no, there's over 1,100 pages in this book. That's crazy. And there it is. How many pages are, I mean, how many words are in each page? I don't know. I don't know. This is a big book. <laughs> I don't even know how you hold it. Holy moly. That was awesome. Good. Uh, uh, stick around after, after, uh, after we talk today. I'll show you another magic trick you can do for all your kids. Oh, I love it so much. Oh my gosh, that was amazing. So I, I can see how excited you are, right? So hopefully the listeners can hear it, but I can see it. And I can see that doing this work brings you immense joy. It um, does. I am curious, do you have a favorite part? Like, is there something that you're like, above everything else, this is my favorite? Or is it, is it just kind oh, of- I think I already probably told you my favorite. I actually have two favorites. Uh, one is simply doing the magic. The, the big finale at the end, when you said spur, when I see the look on your face, uh, that to me is, is the magic. And that's the same when you're doing an assembly for 300 kids. And online now, I, I see only 25 kids at a time. <clears throat> But seeing their face when that magic happens, that's the most exciting thing. And then the second most exciting thing is them getting it, whatever the concept may be. You know, them getting the concept, seeing the finale of the magic trick, that's, it's unbelievable for me. Oh, I love it. I, so, and one other, so I was just looking at my notes and something I wrote down when you talk, we're talking about your mission and how you got started in this work. And, you know, you had said like, I didn't really like kids or, or see yourself going into that line of work. And it's true. I, I think it's so, it almost, you know, it brings up that whole like never say never kind of concept. Right. And I think it's just really important that, um, again, something I, I practice and I live into every day is that we create our timeline, right? Like we create the path without getting too kind of philosophical. We create the path. And I know for me, even as a kid, I thought my path was predetermined. Like I thought like it was, you do this and then you do that and then you go there and then that happens. And just now as an adult, I am realizing like, no, I get, I get to choose. And so something that doesn't interest me now, I'm really mindful of not completely putting it off the back burner, but to say maybe someday, you know, and to leave it, like I'm going to anchor into what I absolutely love and what brings me joy. But I think it's just important to note that sometimes what brings us joy will change, you know, over time and just remaining open to that. And so I just, that was one of the takeaways I had because I just think it's so important. No, it's absolutely true. We don't know what's going to happen tomorrow. Mm -hmm. But there are so many times when one little idea sparks and suddenly the next day you're in a whole nother avenue. For example, you know, this COVID-19 thing hit, I was tossing around speaking, I was tossing around this, that, and the other thing, uh, but didn't do it. <laughs> until March 13th or March 14th. Because <laughs> who knew that on March 10th, what happened would happen? Absolutely. Absolutely. So we have to always be open to that change. Absolutely. Oh my gosh. 
Well, as we are as we are wrapping up, John, is there anything else that you would love to share with the listeners of Define You? Um, yeah, as a matter of fact, I would. Uh, I try to end most of my talks on this. Uh, I do something call, uh, called uh, the jar of good, and it, it keeps an attitude of gratitude. So when you wake up in the morning, you know, when you wake up, look around. Do you have a roof over your head? Are you in a nice, warm, cozy bed? Do you have food? Uh, those are the things that we need to be grateful for no matter what happens. So here's what I do. <clears throat> I have what's called a jar of good. And every night, right before I go to bed, I write down something good that's happened during the day. And I fold it up and I put it in that little, my little jar. So it does a couple of things. First, it makes me feel kind of good about the day no matter how rough of a day it was at least one good thing happened. Secondly, when I go to sleep, those thoughts go through my head every night. So when I wake up in the morning, well, you know, today's a brand new day. I feel pretty good. Then at the end of the year, and I just did this a couple of days ago, at the end of the year, you pull, you dump out the entire jar and you read each, each item because we forget what happened in January, February, March. You know, we forget all those wonderful things that happened. Uh, and I just dumped out my 2020 and I'm like, well, it was a horrible, stinky, horrible, yucky year. And then I dumped it out and I said, oh, well, that was pretty good. <laughs> oh, that was pretty good. And I started reading the items and I thought, wow, I affected a lot of people. A lot of people were nice to me. I have, I'm thankful for a lot of people. So uh, it just leaves you with a really good feeling for yourself. So that would be the only advice that I have for, for, for others listening to this. I love that advice so much. I think it's, again, it's one of those things I didn't realize how, again, how significant, how powerful our thoughts are, right? The words that we speak to ourselves. And yeah. I always would go to bed thinking about all the things I hadn't done in a day. Well, I didn't get that done. I didn't do that. I'll, you know, I would keep the notebook next to my bed. Like, oh, I'll do that tomorrow. I'll do that tomorrow. And I'm a huge believer in get it out of your head. Like, don't oh, keep yeah. it up there. But I do now, I do exactly what you're saying. I have like a, I call it a celebration list. And I, mm -hmm. I write down three things, five things, whatever I need from that day. Um, and sometimes I don't even write it down. I think that's important too, that it's okay if the way, you know, that you do it changes. Um, sometimes I just say it out loud, um, but it's just so important to have some kind of system that you can, you know, anchor your evening because I believe, you know, I'm a, I love my morning routine, but I believe my morning routine actually starts the night before, you know, the night before, yeah. because like you said, that's what gets you thinking. It gets you waking up in that state of like, it's a brand new day. Here we go. Let's crush it versus waking up. I'm tired. I'm exhausted. Oh, I didn't get that done yesterday. And then you're already... So your snowball has already started, right? right? So I absolutely love that advice. And it's so simple. And I, those are my favorite. <laughs> Something that is simple and easy because we can do those. If it's too hard, we won't do it, right? Oh, the, the jar of good is so easy and it's so fun. And plus you look at it every day. Yes. <laughs> Even noon when you're having a rough time. <laughs> you look at it and you go, right. oh, there's a jar of good. There's a big pile of stuff in there. Well, and it almost, I'm wondering, like, it almost probably gets your brain thinking if it is a challenging day, like, all right, I got to find something good in today because I, I got to write that. I got to do my jar of good tonight. Like I've committed to this practice. I got to come up with something. And so I, I love that because even on those most toughest days, you have that moment of you're still looking for something good. 
right? And then again, to have, if you did that for a year, to have 365 good things to like anchor, oh, I love it. It's amazing. Very powerful. Very cool. Well, John, thank you so much. If people, I know you mentioned your website, but if people want to connect further with you, um, is there anywhere else in addition to the website they can go or is that the best place for them to go? Yeah, certainly you can go to the website, but I hang out a lot on Facebook. So just look up Facebook, uh, John Abrams is fine. Um, and message me if you want to talk about something or just friend me. We can hang out. So uh, John Abrams on Facebook. What else? Let's see. Um, yeah. And, and my website, www.schoolofastonishment.com. Those are the two best places to get hold of me. Perfect. Well, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. It has been, I knew it was going to be, but it truly has been a blast. I so appreciate your time uh, and you sharing everything with the Define You community. Thank you, Lindsay. I appreciate you. Awesome. All right, listeners, we will be back. I will be back next week. Same time, same place. Until then, have an amazing week ahead and always remember, own who you are, love who you are, trust who you are, because those will help you define who you are. Have an awesome week, everyone. I'll talk to y'all soon.